You're listening to the number one podcast for Olive Branch and Eastern DeSoto County. This is OB Pod. On deck for today, we have two hot topics about teacher pay raises and body shaping wear out of South Haven. We have some local news, of course, our jokes, a motivational message. Again, we're going to continue our new segment, our random facts you likely don't know. We have a little bit of TV review and, of course, our local sports. So, guys, before we get started, we want to say thank you to our top advertiser, and that is Brian Couch of Team Couch of Birch Realty. If you're in the market to buy or sell a home in our wonderful DeSoto County, Team Couch is the team you want to work with. They have one of the best staffs out there. They're extremely friendly, and they're going to make sure you are completely satisfied from the start to finish of the entire process. Plus, you want to work with the most experienced team as well as voted top team over four times in DeSoto County. Guys, you need to go to teamcouch.com and meet this crew. Check out all the services they provide. Look at their reviews, and you will see this is the team you want to work with. If you want to call their office, you can reach them at 1-662-449-1700 or call Brian personally at 1-901-461-7653. All right, let's go ahead and dive into these hot topics. The first one is a teacher pay raise passes in the house. Whoop, whoop, that is awesome. Now, Zach, I can't really figure out why this would be a hot topic. Well, Cash, the funny thing is is that um, it was a very large vote, and majority of it was a yay for this in the House of Rep. However, there were six no votes, and Uh-oh. what was kind of shocking was three of them were in DeSoto County. Well, this just got juicy, and I see why we're going to be putting this in our hot topic debate. Well, the funny thing is we put a post out there on social media and within about 24 to 36 hours, it had been shared over 200 times. Yeah, I was going to say hours. It felt like minutes with how much my phone was blowing up. (laughs) I had to throw it on the charger. I wasn't expecting so much action. It was quite crazy. Evidently, it was a very, very passionate conversation and it had over uh, 150 comments on one page or 200 comments on another. It was quite impressive. A lot of people expressing their opinions, but... This is a podcast that is about giving local news, facts, and history, things of that nature. And so, of course, we want to dive into this whole deal to try to look at both sides of the coin and understand things. Don't get me wrong. I do work in education. So, of course, I'm an advocate for teachers Mm -hmm. and education, and I want this to pass. And it did, and I'm very happy for it. And I'm hoping it continues this momentum forward. And, you know, it really helps the teachers in our community. But you have to learn to respect other people's opinion. You have to look at what they have to say, analyze it, make a judgment, an opinion, whatever it is on it, and allow people to make their own conclusions from it. And that's what we hope you get from today. We want to tell you what is going to be passed, what it means, how it changes things, what they've said in this, in, you know, in rebuttal to it, and analyze that and let you make a decision for yourself. Now, obviously, I, I can go ahead and speak for myself that I'm going to disagree with the three representatives that voted no, I think that this pay raise should have gone through. I'm not going to put words in Zach's mouth, but I can assume what he is going to go ahead and say. And you can kind of get a gist from what he went ahead and said. Yeah. But yeah. the other important thing is we wanted to make sure that there was nothing in this bill that was stuffed in there that was going to make this a different reason for them to be no. And from everything that I've read and seen is, and especially coming after their comments, that they just didn't feel like this was the top priority to go ahead and throw budget toward. 
So let's look at the bill itself. Now, this is the one that passed in the House and only the House. Remember, the Senate has already passed their version, and everyone expected the House to have their version and it actually be less, but the House surprised a lot of people, and this one is even more money, uh, more incentives and things of that nature with a higher price tag when it comes to the taxpayer. Uh, and so we want to go down line item on what is in this part so you understand. Now, again, this is not anything to do with last year's pay bump. Um, that teachers got a pay raise uh, recently, a small bit, you know, but hey, it was well received, well, uh, well earned and so on. But this is purely at the goal of changing the average income for starting teachers in the South. Currently, Mississippi is dead last in that. And this pay bump um, in this proposed uh, bill would put us in a much better and substantial area uh, when it comes to that and be better than the states that surround us, which is something that has been long, long overdue. So number one, it gives a pay raise between four and $6,000, and that'll be effective in the 2022 to 2023 school year. It would bring the starting salary back up to an average of around $43,000. That is a $6,000 increase. And that, that does not include the additional local supplements because some cities have different incentives, counties, different school districts have different ways they additionally pay teachers based on uh, their taxes there locally. It also raises the average starting pay to a level that exceeds majority of the southeastern regional average as well as the national average for starting teacher pay. There will also be raises for teacher assistance up to about $2,000. Now, to give you a little context there, most teacher assistants make an hourly wage that you could not survive on and right now. You can make more money at a Hobby Lobby or a Chick-fil-A than you can as a teacher assistant in most school districts in the entire state. Okay, I don't know if that's a fair comparison because Hobby Lobby just raised their thing to like, what, 17 or 18 maybe even $19 an hour. And Chick-fil-A, I will always push back against just for the simple fact that they don't really give you a living amount of hours. But I do understand the gist of the point that you're hey, trying to make. Per hour. Hey, <laughs> so I mean, I, I get it. And so a teacher assistant is getting a lot more hours than either one of those employees would. But it's a shame that you're able to put a fast food restaurant or a business like Hobby Lobby on par with a college education. I hear you, Cash. I hear you. But let's go to the other side of the coin. Now, all three representatives, which they are, Dan Eubanks, which is out of Walls, Mississippi. You have Dana Creswell, which is right here in the city of Olive Branch. And you have Steve Hopkins, which is right there in downtown South Haven. Now, guys, all three representatives made uh, statements on Facebook and on their pages and things of that nature. And we're not going to read those verbatim, but we're going to give you the high points as all three of them are pretty much on par with the same focus. They're concerned about how much uh, this was going to be a detriment to the financial strain of the state for the highest pay raise. And so here's some of the numbers they quote is so that you understand where they were coming from. They feel like that it's a $219 million pay increase for teachers. And this is an obligation that will require school districts to pay an additional $39 million in additional retirement contributions, as well as $16 million in Social Security match. Uh, basically, that's over a quarter billion dollars in obligation for the state. Uh, which will go against taxpayers. That's the big numbers they're throwing out there in their statements. And they're worried that this is going to be infinite. Like This isn't something that they're going to be able to cut. This is something that is always going to be continuous going forward. Correct. So, I mean, these are big numbers even added up each year into the future, which is what they're trying to come across. Now, they also referenced that they understand this is something that is long overdue and everything else. But a couple of the statements which are unfortunate that are made in their comments, such as um, pandering to teaching voting blocks, 
as well as they make comments about state troopers as a comparison when it comes to you know teachers and education. They say that you know highway patrol, state troopers are not be able to fill their jobs, and they make a measly thirty nine thousand dollars to start off with, and that it is the most dangerous job in the state. Yeah, and that is mentioned, and then they make this comment, which which kind of stings a little bit and was not well received, and that is who works year round, including holidays. Again, that's another dig towards education. In my opinion, as a person who read it, and as considering I work in the school building, this was not well received by anyone, especially since there were several teachers it was considered a hot topic for. Which is unfortunate because if you are a representative, you represent everyone, not just certain ones that maybe you know, classify towards your interest. You do represent teachers even if you don't like the vote and things like that. So I don't understand why those comments are in there. Yeah. But the one thing I want to put in there quickly, Cash, is, is they make a reference to becoming a Howie Patrol or State Trooper. Do you know what the requirements are to become a Howie Patrol or State Trooper in the state of Mississippi? I have no idea, but I'm sure you're about to tell me. <laughs> I absolutely will, Cash. So to be a State Trooper, or Highway Patrolman in the state of Mississippi, you must be at least 21 years old. You must be a citizen of the United States. You must have a valid driver's license and a high school diploma or GED. So no college education? No Zero college education is required for you to apply or be hired to go into the highway patrol or to be a state trooper. So no courses after high school? That is a negative. If you pass the basic requirements, as well as you will have to do a physical test, and there's a written test, things of that nature, then if you are hired, then you will go into an academy that goes for anywhere between a year and two. I'm not positive. And then you are on the, on the road. All righty, then. That now, is- let's compare that to a teacher who makes less than a highway patrolman or a state trooper currently because their average starts around $37,000 right now. And that is before this bill is passed or if it ever makes it to the governor's desk. And they require a four-year college degree to do that before you can ever be certified as a school teacher. Do you know what the average it costs to go to four years of school in the state of Mississippi? I do not because I went out of state, but I'm sure it's just as expensive in state as I'll it is. I'll give you the University of Mississippi, the largest university closest to our area. It averages $25,000 for one calendar year, which means $100,000 on average. That's if you're on campus, room mm-hmm. board, that is the standard and like that. To be able to get that four-year degree to make less than a state trooper or highway patrolman in the state of Mississippi. I, I think that's another situation of that's not a great comparison as again, goes back to that is used by two of the three statements when it comes to that. Now, Let's talk about those numbers. Now, there's a lot of qualms out there about that's a huge financial obligation because the ultimate goal is to remove the income tax as well as reduce the grocery tax, which given it is long overdue, as well as reduce your car tax tax. Those are the goals, correct? So that the taxpayer has more money in their pocket. That is the ultimate goal. So the state budget requires income tax, and our budget basically goes by $1.8 billion when it comes to how much our state gets from income tax. So if income tax is removed, reduced, then the state has to get that money another way. There's no way around that. It is what it is. You yeah, have I'm- to have that money for the budget if you want to move forward. Now, this is adding quite a bit of money to that budget for these teachers. Now, this amount puts the teachers in great shape when it comes to the southeastern region. Long overdue, we've said those things. But let's talk about it. Any state that has removed its income tax has compensated by adding taxes somewhere else. 
those taxes are going to come out of your pocket one way or another. So if you might have more money at the end of the week or the end of the month or the end of the year when it comes to reduction or elimination of the income tax, but you're going to pay more for sales tax and other taxes on the people of our state to compensate for the loss of those taxes. So when a representative tells you that we're going to put more money in your pocket, it's more money to spend right back into the government's hand. And so let's don't fall for the illusion that this means that everything's going to be cheaper and everything is going to be better where you have more money in your pocket when it comes to the end of the year. That is just not factual. Okay. And that is basic economics. Here's the other part you need to look at. Reducing the income tax or eliminating, which is the goal. And that is, what do you call it? That is our governor's baby. He wants to eliminate the income tax and he's trying to do it without raising other taxes. He feels like if you remove the income tax over several years, that business industry and everything, well, that money will compensate for the loss in income tax. Just not true. But this is being debunked from every angle, including people of his own party in the state. And this is causing a lot of rift. And so everybody has their version of how they want to eliminate the income tax. This is a situation, guys, where it comes down to the opinion of sustainability. And when I use opinion, because no one can know. You cannot make assertions based on projections of things you cannot foresee in the future. You have to look at history. Okay, In our state and every other state, we go through recessions. They are inevitable. They come, they go, and things happen. Well, we go through that, and if you eliminate income tax or are trying to eliminate the income tax, then you will not make budget for the year. And guess what the first things that start to get cut? Goods, services, education, fire, police. All these things are the first things to get cut because they have the highest detriment to the state budget. Okay, so we need to be realistic with this thing. If you want to remove the income tax, it has to be a plan that is long-winded. And there's it also guys- has provisions if we go into a recession. It has to be something that reevaluates the process every single year so you're not stuck in a, you know, a plan that you have to follow through with and puts the state in detrimental financial shape. Well, and there's just got to be something else that is going to give you another juice. Because if you're, like you said, removing $1.8 billion, it doesn't just magically reappear somewhere else. Yes, you can raise other things, but eventually that's going to be higher than the $1.8 that you're losing and people are going to notice it as well. So there's got to be another influx of cash. There are some ways to be able to do it. And Senator Kevin Blackwell is, as we're going to talk later in the show, going to give us a way to add a little bit of extra money to make this one8 Eight billion, not seem necessarily as detrimental as it could be. Agreed, Cash. Agreed. Now, guys, Darren Musselwhite, the mayor of South Haven, had a great statement on Facebook. I think you need to hear this because it kind of sums up my attitude, being honest, as well as a lot of attitudes for the local area here in DeSoto County. To know the context of this statement, this shows a picture of the vote, which was historic for the pay raise, and this is his comment below it. This is a monumental day for educators and education in our state. This will move Mississippi in the right direction and pay large dividends for us. It's unfathomable that three DeSoto County House representatives voted no for this bill. They clearly do not understand the major differences between spending and investing. It's fair to ask them why. He continued by saying, I want the people of South Haven and DeSoto County to know what is happening in Jackson that affects our daily lives. In most other parts of the state, television and newspaper coverages provide state legislators reports to their citizens. This does not happen in DeSoto County, and candidly and boldly, I will tell you, most people do not know what is happening in Jackson. 
You can get mad at me if you want, but I will tell you the truth. The no votes yesterday by our own DeSoto County House Representatives Hopkins, Criswell, and Eubanks are not good for South Haven and DeSoto County. Their scripted, canned, and copied response is explained that they voted the way because they want to eliminate a state income tax, which is laughable and not true. They voted no because they stand for a radical political ideology that ignores the true economic facts. They vote no to any spending increase, even when it increases an investment that will result in positive change for the financial picture of our state. I just left a meeting in Jackson where Governor Reeves, Speaker of the House Philip Gunn, and Lieutenant Governor Delbert Hoseman all talked about balance in our spending and priorities. All believe, as I do, that so many others, that it's not one or the other. We can and must raise both teacher pay and eliminate the state income tax in a phased approach that will drastically change the financial picture for Mississippi. It has been proven in many other states that eliminating the income tax will cause businesses and residential citizens to come to our state. The financial benefits will grossly outweigh any loss of revenue. Competitive teacher pay is also critical to the process in so many ways I could write a book on it. It's not one or the other. We can and must do both. Wow. What what a statement, man. <laughs> that, that's somebody that you always want representing you who feels that he can get out here and take some of the backlash that comes with the position and understand that I am here not only for you, but your kids. I am here for the future. I want to see this state prosper in a way that financially it never has. Because Mississippi is one of the top states routinely in recovering in accepting government aid. And so I think with what he's doing now and talking about bringing in teachers from other states instead of having all of our best teachers go to other states where they're feeling like they're actually getting paid more. And we both have plenty of teacher friends who have been passing around a lot of these, I don't want to say memes, but almost just state graphs of showing not only that we are the lowest state in pay in teacher pay, but significantly the lowest of teacher. Pay. Oh, it's, it's pathetic. And not only are we in a dire need of hiring teachers, but we're going to be in an even more dire need with the population growth that we have and the amount of schools that we are going to have to open for these schools so that we're not having 40 kids to a class or anything like that. So this is a way to bring these some of the smartest people to our state in a way that we just can't do now. Yeah, I agree with you, Cash. I think it's a situation, like you said, Muscle White said, where you invest in what we have now, you keep the good people you have, it, it makes it desirable for people to come here. Uh, it's a win-win-win situation. Uh, I appreciate what he says, and, you know, it, it is what it is. You know, guys, you're voters out there. You have the right to choose your opinion. You can believe, uh, you know, how different ways. There are people who respect these representatives for the way they voted. That's fine. You and know, you should. Like, if they if their beliefs align with yours, then by all means Absolutely. stick with them. I, I have no problem with that in any shape, way, or form. I just – their opinions don't align with how I feel because I believe we should be pushing more towards teacher pay raises in any shape, way we can. Yeah, the deal is is that one of the things that struck me the most, Cash, is, is that, you know, who benefits from this income tax if, the, if education continues to suffer? You know, yes, we might get more big business in here and there might be a lot more jobs, but your, your job pool is going to be uneducated or poorly educated or 
uh, you know, lacking of education, whatever you call it. And those are jobs that are hourly and not sustainable for career and things. And so, you know, it's just, it's a fundamental issue of, you know, if you keep things low on one end, but you raise on another, you know, they cancel each other out when it comes to the overall growth. I think most Mississippians won't. Invest in your future, invest in your teachers to make our kids better, smarter, have a better place to be, uh, and more opportunities, and I think, you know, it will grow from there. Uh, no, you're right. I think this leads to a more organic, sustainable future than something, like you said, to where big businesses come here for a tax cut and then hire everybody from out of states and not giving Mississippians a fair chance. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a tough situation. Guys, let's go on to our hot topic number two, and this one was rather a doozy, which has made national news, and that is South Haven Middle School uh, parents are not happy. Uh, a flyer was sent home to um, all females, all female in- parents, the students, kids, whatever you want to call it, uh, that was uh, talking about body image. Now, this is a situation where I think the intent was very positive, trying to help because the South Haven Middle School uh, received a large donation of undergarments and things and stuff, and they were hoping to be able to help the kids out. Um, sadly, the flyer was taken very negatively as it offered uh, body shape wear and underwear for girls to improve body image. And this was taken... It was taken negatively as it should have been with how it was typed up. There, there's just no way around it. It was I, I, I wish we, we could be a little bit more protective of the school but it was a horribly worded flyer now this could have easily been done by just saying hey if anybody is in need of some of these undergarments we got a donation of brand new ones please come to the principal office with your size and we will be happy to give them to you or some shapewear or form of right that. instead it was looked at as is that you were trying to make your child look uh, more fitting to improve body image uh, to meet like a visual standard then, or and some people said it makes you you know make your daughter more sexualized and things of that nature and it just it didn't go over well. It was terrible. The uh, received, and it's just a tad situation. And now it's on the Today Show. It's on NBC. It's, it's on everywhere. National news. Uh, we've had parents on there, and, and the the program has been canceled. Um, you know they're not giving this stuff out. Uh, the, you know the apologies have been put out there. You know again, good intentions, poor execution. And, um, and it's unfortunate because I think there's kids out there that could probably benefit from getting free items and stuff. And I hope that there's some kind of recourse where they can get that. Yeah. I will hope that there's still a way that they can figure out to get these to who it's needed to just do it in a way that the women feel a lot safer about giving their, these sizes and everything to in a way that they don't feel shamed behind what was a great message because clothes shouldn't come into body positivity. You know, if that's something that you're pushing, that's nutrition, that's exercise, that's doing things. Well, that's in also a, learning to love yourself. Well, a hundred percent, which learning to love yourself isn't squishing yourself into some of these <laughs> undergarments. or spandex or anything else. Yeah. So, I mean, like, again, like, we're able to have a small little laugh at how it was perceived and everything, but this is a serious issue. They have seen the error in their ways, and like you said, canceled it. Hopefully, they come back and find a different way to do it, and shout out to all of the parents who understood that this was the wrong way to go about it, stick up for their kids, and then find a positive way for this to go about. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I have to give kudos to one article. The article's title was, No Spanks You. 
you know, <laughs> Mississippi parents decide they do not want it. So uh, creativity, but again, uh, I hope they bring, you know, able to give the girls that need it. Uh, and they go, you know, it's a learning lesson for everybody. You know, the world is not perfect. People make mistakes. Again, I don't think anything was malicious. It just I, is what it is. Yeah, I'm with you there. And for the love of goodness, can we all just get a PR team that reads through some of these things before they get sent <laughs> out or something? It's just like, I don't know if I want my kid to come yes, home with this. Yes, 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 Gotcha. Guys, we hope you enjoyed our little hot topics area. Uh, it's always a fun blast to get right into the hottest gossip of the area and stuff. But, you know, Cash, I like to regress a little bit and talk about our week. Uh, how's your week been, brother? It feels like it has been zooming by, and that's because, well, today is Friday, so it's a little bit different <laughs> for us. But I went and tried out mug shots, and I got to say, it looks absolutely gorgeous in there. It was absolutely slammed. I actually had to park in the Malco parking lot because the there was really? not a parking spot in the middle of Friday afternoon. I don't know how everyone else got Friday off, but bravo to them. It was nice to see a business thriving <laughs> like that. The burger was delicious. Uh, there's a few little things I'll change on it, but, you know, it's brand new. They were already out of the Southwest egg roll. So oh, we got to give them a few months, you know, everybody's yeah, got to get into their groove. You know? Yeah. You know, I mean, I think they're still working. I mean, this menu is massive oh, for a lot of their are. burgers. Yeah. So I, I was excited to see that. I got a pimento cheese with fried jalapeno burger. Let me tell you, that thing had some serious flavor. Wow. And wow. Uh, it, it was well worth giving it a check out. I do believe you and me are going to try to set up a point for me to do the mugshot challenge, which is that massive three pound oh, or yes. patty burger. I don't know if we're going to try. It's ridiculous. To, yeah. It's ridiculous. I don't know if we're going to try to live stream it or just post something. <laughs> It'll decide if I actually finish it. You know, that that would be the big deciding factor. But uh, I'm excited to see what mugshots and some of these other restaurants are going to be able to bring to the city. That's awesome. And as for you, have you had, uh, you've had an eventful week just from <sighs> school, I Man, see. you know, it's it, it's been a week and a half, <laughs> in like four or five days. You know, I, you know I, I'm just calling like it is. You know, COVID's rough. Got you know we had to change the policy for absences because people were trying to get testing. It's um, we have a lot of absences at school. People are trying to be precautionary, take care of business, and you know, and it, it, it's just a tough time because you know the new variant has a lot of uh, similar characteristics to the common cold or sinuses. That guess what? We're all suffering because we go from seventy degrees one day to thirty degrees another. You know, and heck, this weekend by the time you hear this, we're, we're supposedly supposed to have snow. You know, one to three inches and in slush. So. Who knows? Um, but yeah, it's been up and down. And like we talked about in the news, you know, we had a little a scare at one of the schools. Luckily, it wasn't as big a deal as it was kind of blown out to be. Um, you know, I, I guess I'll just go ahead and hit it. You know, there was a, a, you know, a threat at one of the schools and it come to find out it was a, a middle school student that was upset about something. And he brought, uh, believe it or not, a pellet gun. I actually have this pellet gun. It's over <laughs> 30 years old. I used to play with it when I was a kid. Um, and it's, you know, a little metal one, a little single shot where you have to pull the little deal on the top of it, stick one little piece of wood or pellet in there and you pull the little slide back on the back and it makes this horrific clicking sound and the thing goes about six feet. Yeah. It wouldn't break skin if it was next to you. <laughs> um, but you know, it's still, it, it looks like a handgun and so you have to treat it real and the, you know, he brought it because he was you know, upset about something. Uh, don't think there was intent to, you know, do anything like that. It was more or less just trying to prove a point. It's unfortunate. It's one of my son's classmates. That's how close it was. You know, my son knows the kid well. 
um, you know, and it's just a bad situation. You know, like I said, this is all public knowledge. I mean, everybody in the community knows, but OBPD uh, was out there, you know, in full force. And, you know, they, they heard there was a threat. They, you know, heard there was potential of a weapon. They came. Uh, luckily, the school was on top of it. Administration was, had already you know, collected the kid and everything was safe and good. Uh, you know, and I think OPPD kind of like used it as like a little bit of a training opportunity and, you know, how you would handle a dress, you know, because they're new to our school in that area. So overall, I thought it was a great execution about everything. I thought the school handled it very well. I thought they communicated very well with the community. Letters were sent out to all parents. I mean, I'm a parent. I got a letter there explaining the details of the situation. Um, you know, I can really brag on our schools over there. You know, people see the the punchline, threat mm-hmm. at school in Center Hill, and da 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 But when you get the full details of it, it shows you that, you know, training and uh, how we, uh, you know, have learned to handle things like that, identifying kids, you know, and, you know, kids being able and uh, being able to come and talk to adults and letting them know things that we're able to identify these things and prevent bad things happening. And so kudos to Center Hill Middle and kudos to OBPD and how everything was handled. And like I said, you know, there wasn't no mass checkouts or exodus or anything, that kind of stuff like that. Parents trust. And that's uh, a kudos to them as well. I just That's why I love the community over there at Center Hill. Well, hopefully your weeks are able to slow down a little bit and we're yes, able to survive yes. the spring break because that sounds like way too much with everything that has been going on in your little area. Yeah, no doubt. When spring arrives, do you wish your yard was as nice as your neighbor's or maybe the best in the neighborhood? There is a company that can grant your wish, and that is Master Lawn. They have been serving the Olive Branch area for over 25 years. They have amazing courteous service and results that are unbeatable. If you go to their website, masterlawninc.com, which is that is spelled masterlawninc.com, you can check out all the services they offer, as well as a user-friendly quote system to get you started. If you prefer to use the phone, you can always contact them at 901-250-0873. Well, Cash, let's get into our news, man. And one of the things I want to talk about initially was, again, talking about the House legislation was, is that something else passed. And this is something that's going to help start the process of eliminating the state income tax. And that is House Bill 531, which was passed with a 96 to 12 margin. Along with moving to eliminate the personal income tax, the tax on groceries will be reduced to 4%, as well as fees for car tax will be decreased by 35%. That's a massive one for me because, at least in DeSoto County, car tags are something that are absolutely outrageous. Astronomical. And I mean, I, I thought we had it bad. I do know Missouri, where my brother lives, has it absolutely worse, but... I digress. Seven percent of the car vehicle was like, no, I don't want a new car. Let me get a two thousand yeah, really. Chevy pickup that's almost an antique at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's it's bananas. It's bananas. Continuing on, the reduction of the grocery taxes would be phased out over six years, starting in July. Other sales tax would move from seven percent to eight and a half percent. However, including general sales tax, sales tax on alcohol, and taxes on products delivered electronically. Guys, this is what we were talking about earlier when I say if income tax goes away. Other taxes increase to compensate. So if you look at these numbers, here's some prime examples of that. I mean, alcohol tax is something that I can agree with. You know, oh, absolutely. Not, I mean, it's something that I don't think is bad or per se, but if you got to pay a little bit of extra for that, I understand it. The electronical one, that stings a little bit because I know a lot of us are Amazon shop- shoppers. Uh, and Moi, I'm a connoisseur. <laughs> the Amazon delivery guy knows me by name. And, and so the thought of seeing that, get raised and that not necessarily being for Mississippi workers is, is a little bit of a sting, but you know, 
We'll, we'll take what we can get. Guys, something else that was huge this week, more of a national news, the Supreme Court knocks down Joe Biden's mask mandate for businesses with 100 employees or more. Now, this was what they call a setback for Democrats. I get all that and so on. But this SCOTUS decided this is what was best. Here's a key fact you need to know. This, however, does not mean that small business or other business cannot require a mask. You can work for a company that still requires you to have a mask. You can work for businesses or venues or go to these places and they can still require a mask. This mandate was only requiring businesses of 100 people more. This requires them to have a mask. This is a situation that you still can be forced or, as you say, required to wear a mask for certain businesses. A good example, my brother works in kind of a semi-technology medical field. And his companies will not be allowed to work with any other company unless their employees wear a mask just because of the sensitivity of the kind of work they do and the materials they handle and so on. So it kind of makes sense. So it's, well, I mean, it's out there. At Gold Strike, we are mandated that we have to wear a mask to be able to work for the company. So, I mean, that, that is like one little small thing right then and there. I believe we're the only casino that has the mask mandate, but it is something that makes everyone feel a little bit safer just because you don't know who's vaccinated or not, and everyone has a belief, so it's a nice little middle ground. There you go. Guys, before we move on to our next news segment, i got to tell you about Michael Hatcher & Associates, guys. This is that amazing company right here in the Center Hill area that I love so much that employs over 100 different employees for great jobs and helps our community in so many different ways. If you are looking for a job for a company that's going to take care of you, lives by the motto, Hire for Life, Great benefits, great insurance, bonuses for doing your job in an atmosphere you actually enjoy going to every day. This is a place you want to check out. Go to HatcherLandscape.com. Check out all the businesses they do on the side. They do a spray company. They do commercial landscape, construction, different things. There might be an avenue that's right in your alley. And so if there's something you want to check out, call Gabby. She is the uh, talent acquisition manager there, and you can reach her at 1-662-755-3207. The Mississippi Senate Thursday passed a bill authored by our very own Senator Kevin Blackwell that addresses medical marijuana in the state. Senate Bill 2095, also called the Mississippi Medical Cannabis Act, would allow someone with a prescription to purchase up to 3.5 grams per day. Governor Tate Reeves has balked at that amount of cannabis allowed under the bill, stating that amount would lead to more recreational use of the drug. Yeah, Cash, the way I read it is that it will allow patients to receive up to 3.5 ounces of marijuana a month. It allows people to receive medical marijuana for 22 conditions listed in Initiative 65, such as cancer, epilepsy, and other chronic issues. It allows physicians, certified nurse practitioners, physicians assistants, and optometrists to certify patients for cannabis use. And is the autonomous, is that for glycoma? Uh, I assume is what's going to be going on with that. I don't know. I, I just Some of those words are just too big for me. I always remember glycoma just being everybody, and then they just point at their eyes, and I was like, I have no idea what that is, <laughs> and I somehow haven't Googled it in the seven years people have been talking about I it. I don't know, man. On the next part, it applies for state sales tax to retail sales of cannabis at the 5% exercise tax for cultivation. It allows the government boards for cities and counties to opt out of allowing medical cannabis by a vote within 90 days of passage of the act. If they opt out, citizens can opt the city or county back into referendum. It will not prevent any employer from firing or refusing to hire someone who is using medical cannabis or from having drug testing policies. Landlords are not required to allow medical cannabis production or use in a rental property. 
It prevents people from losing custodial or visitation rights of their children for use for medical cannabis and says users shall not be denied the right to purchase or possess a firearm. That is a big one right there. Oh, no doubt. Because, I mean, we've talked about it where Arkansas, there was the talk about you potentially losing the right to have a firearm with medical cannabis. You had to choose one or the other. And that sounded a lot like an infringement of rights. And a lot of this comes in due part to the fact that it is medical marijuana or just marijuana in general is somehow a schedule one drug up there with heroin and LSD and everything else, which is still mind blowing to me when you're seeing the medical uses that it has. Yeah. So I I don't understand that it does unfortunately have some things to where you can still be fired for it, but at least it's taken away the criminal activity that marijuana has going on with it. And it just is going to be a massive taxable thing that this state is desperately going to need with us wanting to pull away from some of these car tags, some of these sales tax and oh, no income doubt. tax abilities. No doubt. Plus, the other thing is, too, is that it had such a huge voter turnout of positivity. I mean, over 70% of people voted yes in the last time we had that botched vote. Yeah. So this is what people want. And so it's good to see it moving that way. You're already seeing the amount of money that is being made off of CBD. So you can only imagine how much is going to be doubled and tripled once you're able to get some of these products that have a little bit more scientific healing properties involved with them. And I don't think that anyone having more of a medical amount is going to lead to a recreational amount. It's not like they're going to be able to sell it or do anything of that nature. And if it leads to more of a recreational amount, well, then that just means that it's going to be more taxable revenue that the state is going to be desperately needing for some of these t- teacher pay increases and things of that nature. Well said, okay. Mississippi Attorney General Lynn Finch announced that the state has entered a settlement with Naviant. Is that how you pronounce that? I assume so. Unfortunately, that's not who I got all of my student loans from, so bravo yeah. to everybody with them. To resolve allegations of unfair and deceptive student loan service practices, the settlement will require a court approval. Naviant will forgive $8 million in private debt for Mississippi borrowers and will provide one point seven million dollars for restitution payments of mississippi borrowers who placed in certain types of long-term forbiddances uh, this is a major win for mississippi especially for this company who was evidently not doing the right thing none of these student loan payment people are doing the right thing and how they are hounding a lot of people who are 18 or just a little bit past 18 not understanding the interest rate that is going into it understanding the difference between subsidized and unsubsidized and just not educated in what they're putting their life into so it is nice to see some of these kind of programs have to get footed with the bill yeah no doubt Something else that could have been labeled in our hot topic section is this right here. As the City of Olive Branch Planning Commission Tuesday evening voted to approve a zoning change, but tabled indefinitely a similar zoning change regarding adjacent properties in the new area near the Legacy Park Logistics Park in Olive Branch. That is a lot of parks, everybody. That's a lot of parks. A lot of parks. This is a hot area of contention as our Board of Supervisors in the county have written a letter to our aldermen asking them not to change this due to its proximity to residential areas. The contention is, is this is the area that the county controlled prior to the annexation, and now the city is making changes. We're going to keep track of this and see how it develops as part of it, like we said, was tabled, and we'll see where it goes from there. 
Guys, do you own a house that's maybe a little dated? Maybe you have a house that's got some damage to it, or it's a house that you just you really don't want to be in, and you're ready to get rid of it right now. Or you're possibly about to be rezoned by the city of Olive Branch, and that's <laughs> something that you want to avoid. Yeah, guys, there is a great company called Rodman Properties, and they have a website called iBuyDeSoto.com. And this is a company that buys and sells local houses, but what they're looking for are houses that need work, maybe in communities that, you know, it's a little bit older or, you know, it's just a situation where you need to get out of it. They want to buy the house for a cash offer, which is going to be a good cash offer. They're not going to lowball you to death. This is something you're going to feel good about, but they are going to revitalize that house. So it revitalizes the community and turn it around and you're turning it into a good rental property that helps the area. Uh, this is something that has worked well, especially for this local company. It is not one of the national chains or somebody from out of state that wants to buy it low, turn it right back over into a rental, which is detrimental to the area. It's a bad situation. If you want to listen to somebody give you a fair offer for your home or somebody you might know who needs this situation, go to iBuyDeSoto.com. You will not regret this decision. Our last bit of news is a proposal with the DeSoto County Planning Office to be considered at the January 18th hearing that would be changing a zone from agriculture residential to residential estate. Under the proposal, properties under 10 acres in size would become RE zones. Properties larger than 10 acres will be rezoned as agricultural. One contention is that the new district would take away language about agriculture from permitted uses of properties. County officials counter by saying the proposal would increase the number of properties in the agricultural zones district by about 6,000, and those in the proposed RE zone would still be able to raise and keep small animals and fowl. The county said it does not regulate hobbies, as some say the proposal would do, and the planning office doesn't regulate shooting guns in yards. If you can shoot guns in your yard now, you will be able to shoot guns. My goodness, if there isn't a more Mississippi thing <laughs> that could have been put in a statement, <laughs> I don't know what it is. I mean, <laughs> golly, what you do in your yard, <laughs> what you do in your yard. Well, go ahead and shoot six shooters at a target. By all means, go ahead. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. God bless the South. I mean, where, where else are you going to get an official statement like that? I mean, it's it's money. It's money, man. Freedom. Freedom. America. <laughs> Mississippi. America. That's right. That's right. Oh, my God. Well, and guys, no, we're not making fun of anybody. <laughs> this is something that we both love doing and everything. It's just, I, I can't fathom that being an official statement. Well, look, let's, let's keep the giggling going and get right over to our joke section, Cash. I think I've got a couple good ones for you. Are you ready? <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, Cash, I got arrested a couple days ago for impersonating a politician. Oh, how'd you do that? I was sitting there doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Cash, I accidentally drank a bottle of invisible ink last night and I went to the ER. Oh, no. I'm still waiting to be seen. I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> was that the invisible ink or was it just too many people? Yeah, something like that. Hey, Cash, do you know what the difference between toilet paper and wallpaper is? No. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, that that is a good one. I, I do like that one. Yeah, my and, daughter really liked that one. Believe yeah, it or not, I, she got a, quite a kickle out of that. But, well, yeah. and speaking of Layla, she was downstairs giving us quite a few different jokes before uh, we hopped I, on. I, we need to use we need to use her material next week for uh, sure. Absolutely, Layla. Make sure you listen to next week's episode as you will be a big proponent you'll of be, it. That's right. You'll be the frontliner. <laughs> like that. Now um, we're gonna have to go ahead and take a break, and I'm gonna have to get some of this wallpaper real quick. Yeah, whatever. That's not funny. <laughs> 
Is your home or business in need of some restoration work? Maybe a water pipe burst or you have some storm damage? There is an expert company right here in DeSoto County that can handle all your needs. Brian Rowe and his team of DeSoto Cleaning does expert restoration work. They will make sure the job is perfect to your satisfaction. Look them up on Facebook at DeSoto Cleaning LLC and that is the capital LLC. They also provide other cleaning service such as steam cleaning carpets, tile, and grout. Or if you'd like to call them on the phone today, you can call them at 662-710-2698 or you can email Brian personally at R-O-W-E underscore 41 at hotmail.com. Guys, remember, if you haven't already, make sure you're subscribing to our podcast. And if you have a few minutes, go to iTunes and give us a five-star positive review. It helps us to build our podcast, build our community, and continue our goal to bring you the best around. Guys, our next section is our motivational message, and this is brought to you by the amazing DC Dragons. If you are in the market for your kids to learn some karate or join a cheer group or gym that is going to change the level, for your kids, there is no one better than the DC Dragons. Right here in Olive Branch, they offer traditional martial arts, classic Okinawan weapons training, self-defense, and so much more when it comes to their karate. It's professionally trained. They have competitive sparring. The works. Also, on the cheer side, they go from ages 4 to 18. They have levels 1 through 7, so anybody can be there. They have elite groups all the way down to beginners. They really focus on teamwork, leadership skills, and get this. This is a nationally recognized group. They have won multiple championships, including national championships. This is the kind of environment you want for your daughter if you're wanting to get into cheer. Lastly, guys, get this. Their billing is so easy. It's cheap and expensive. They do it once a week. There's no contracts. There's nothing you have to sign. You bring your kids. Let them have a great experience and join the DC Dragons family today. If you go to their Facebook page, you can see all the information, photos, and things they have and a way to contact. So guys, today is our motivational message is about investing in yourself. And this is a great little audio. and We hope you enjoy it. So we're going to go to it now. Keep showing up. If no one invests in you, invest in yourself. If no one believes in you, believe in yourself. Even if you don't see the results right away, keep showing up until you do see the results. Even if you don't see the results for a very, very long time, keep showing up. What if the results don't come? They're not going to come if you quit. Keep showing up. I'm tired. Keep showing up. I don't feel like it. Keep showing up. I can't see any results. Keep showing up. I don't know where to start. Just start. Do something. Take that first step. Every step you take adds up. And sooner or later, you'll look back and see that you're at the top of the staircase. It doesn't matter if you can't see the top from where you are. Just know that if you keep climbing, if you keep learning how you can get to the next level, you will soon be exactly where you need to be. If you quit, if you never start climbing, if you never take that first step, you'll never get there and you'll forever live in regret. don't make it because they quit full stop they say they tried everything sure they tried everything 
They tried everything but sticking it out. They tried everything but courage to keep going. They tried everything but showing heart when things got hard. They did try quitting. Winners do not quit. They show up. Rain, hell, or shine. They show up when it works, when it's hard. They show up every single damn time. And that, that right there's the difference. Keep showing up. Rain, hell, or shine. Success is mine. Hard or easy, slow or long. Success is mine. Feel like it, don't feel like it. Success is mine. Failure, setbacks, naysayers. Success is mine. It's always nice to get a motivational message in the middle of the show, but if people are listening to this on Monday, I think you everyone knows it is a very important holiday, as is MLK Day, and he was one of the most influential and motivated people that this planet has ever seen, and we just want to give a huge shout out to him for everything that he was able to do, not only for the world, but this country. Absolutely, Cash. Well said, well said. All right, guys, we're going to move on to that segment we newly love, and that is random facts you likely didn't know. And here is number one. Why are donuts associated with police officers? This stems back from the 1950s when the majority of fast food restaurants that stayed open late were actually donut shops. Late shift officers were known to frequent these establishments to complete paperwork, use the restroom, and purchase coffee and donuts as they were the only option at the time. That is absolutely mind-blowing, and I... It, it makes perfect sense. But the thing, like in this day and age, a donut shop staying open late just doesn't fathom me it in doesn't. the slightest. It's completely opposite now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like they're open at 4 a.m., closing it at 8 a.m. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, <laughs> when we're sold out, goodbye. Yeah, like, thanks. We're not making it anymore. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. All right, number two. This one's called Right Place, Right Time. The Johnny Cash's band's guitar player died in 1968. He had a band. Yeah, well, it's, it's Johnny Cash, but he had a band with him. Okay. At the next show, the temporary replacement guitarist, Carl Perkins, was unable to attend, meaning that they were going to have to cancel the show. An audience member spoke up and requested to fill in so they could perform. Cash agreed to give the guy a shot. That audience member was Bob Wooten, and he became Johnny Cash's guitar player for the next 29 years. Talk about hitting the lottery. Like, just like, oh, yeah, I came to see a show. Oh, you, you need somebody? Yeah, let me go ahead and be a part of the show and just shred and, you know, absolutely crush my audition that I didn't know I was going to have tonight. Yeah, how, how many uh, beers or whiskey do you think he was in before he even oh, raised his hand? Man, who, who knows? But, man, you know what? That's a cool story You to have a part of your life. You know, to say, I'm here. I can help, and then you get hired. 
Yeah. I mean, that is just really, really cool. Cool, cool, cool. All right, guys. So let's going to move over to our TV slash movie reviews. And this week, we're going to give a review of a TV show Cash has been watched. And this one's called, what is it, Station 11? Station 11 on HBO Max. For anyone that has followed us on from Bleed TV, one of our correspondents, Kelly Choi, and I have been talking about it, and she actually sent me a message telling me about this show because I love the lead actress in it, Mackenzie Davis. So I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot. Binged the first eight episodes in one rough night. I do not recommend doing it. But <laughs> it is a little bit similar to the world going on as it is a pandemic flu swipes through the world. And what ends up happening is we follow a theater group going through Michigan, kind of, through a nice little 10-episode epilogue. And it is one of the most drama-ridden things that I've ever seen in the sense of just the high stakes going on in it and just narrowed in on a group. It doesn't have a lot of, there's no zombies, there's no mass killing, we're worried about everyone barricading us. It's just following different characters through the rebuilding of a population. Wow. And there's a lot of flashbacks, uh, as you and me like to say, kind of Tarantino-esque flashbacks going on through it to show you how that scene ended up happening. It was like, oh my goodness, like that was very fortuitous that that happened. Well, there was a reason it was fortuitous, and it comes back like three episodes later where you get that flashback. That's cool. Just some of the best story writing that I've seen, and it was very touching. They give you a lot of things that are left hanging for you to decide and I can't recommend it enough on HBO Max if anyone has it. It will grab your attention if you are one of those people that's like, oh, no, it's too current, too relatable. I understand, but don't let this one slip through the cracks. Awesome. Awesome. That's right, guys. Station 11, that is on HBO Max. Go check it out. Cash, time for them sports, man. What do we got going on? Well, I do want to say that I am thankful that I was not able to jinx my pick as I completely forgot that the college football championship happened this past Monday and I thankfully had a decent amount of money on Georgia. I was not falling for the trap of Alabama went ahead and beat them, that Saban always beats his assistants, this narrative, that narrative that I saw on ESPN all over the place. I love Georgia in the previous SEC championship. So I saw him at the minus three, minus two and a half and figured if I loved him at six, why don't I love him at three? So <laughs> went ahead, hammered that line and Jamison Williams went out early in that game and Bama just really didn't have any way to move the ball after that. Man, their fourth quarter killed him. There's it, no doubt about that. But big shout out to Kobe Dean, our own Horn Lake uh, local that played for Georgia, the number one linebacker in the country, did a phenomenal job. Man, did you see some of the highlights he did? Oh my goodness. Even chewing butt of his own teammates oh, and yeah. stuff. It was, it was fun. It was he, fun to watch. he was all over the field. He is a state champion, now a national champion, and maybe wherever he gets drafted, a Super Bowl champion. With how the way his career is shaping up. We can only hope. We can only hope. But it was a fun national championship game. Hopefully we get more like that throughout the years. And it it was just a fun game to watch and experience all the way through and through. No doubt. So now we can go ahead and move on to basketball, which is kind of short and sweet as well. This makes it a little bit easier to handle for us. That's right. Guys, Olive Branch played Lewisburg, so we're going to give you highlights from both of those. Sadly, it wasn't a great game as Olive Branch boys defeated the Lewisburg Patriots 82-30. 
32. I was about to say, you're being a little kind by using the word defeated. I would say <laughs> they conquered, or I don't know what a conquistador does, but they, oh. they did whatever they do. And uh, Rough night. Yes. Rough night. Uh, Cesar Gutierrez finished with 16 points for Olive Branch, as we said they beat Lewisburg, while Trey Wells finished with 15 yeah, now Lewisburg's uh, Marion Davis scored eight points to lead the Lewisburg, which, uh, considering he had 32, that's... That's you know, a quarter of their points. quarter of points, yeah. yeah so <laughs> yeah, give, give him credit, credit's due. Uh, DeSoto Central and Center Hill played each other, and Center Hill was able to win 51-49. to This game came down to the wire. Jamal Ross was able to hit a two-point layup with two and a half seconds left to win the game. Uh, pretty electrifying, right down to the wire. Tanner Bertram also had 13 points, along with Deshaun Dunn having 12. DeSoto Central's top scorer was Deontay Green with 13, and then Donovan Griffin had 12, along with Alex, two first names Pete. There you go. There you go. Guys, we'll move over to the girls' side. Center Hill played against DeSoto Central as well, and sadly, this game was a game winner for DeSoto Central with no time basically on the clock. There was an inbound left with eight seconds. They passed the ball two or three times, and they were able to get it down there towards the center, and the girl was able to pop it in there when his time expired. DeSoto Central wins 49-48. Kaylee Prentice led the Center Hill Mustang with 23 points, as well as Madison Hughes added eight points for the Lady Mustangs. DeSoto Central's lead scorer was Taria Hazlitt, who had 15 points, along with Payne and Jones scoring 11 themselves. That is just kind of a weird symbolic of both of those games, both coming down to the wire last shot and just being separated by one basket apiece. That is really yeah. fun. and it's electrifying, electrifying night for sure. Absolutely. And then Olive Branch went ahead and defeated Lewisburg 53-47 to as Rima Pegues paced the Keisters with 15 points, followed by Lamani Owens and Addison Howell, who had 10 each. Yeah, Lewisburg's Allie Carroll led their scores with 23 points for Lewisburg, as well as Allison Irby had 10. That's going to wrap up everything that we have in our sports section. As we said, district play kind of makes it short and sweet. But we want to go ahead and let everybody know, if you enjoy what we are doing, please make sure you check out our brother podcast, Under the Water Tower, as they are covering a lot of the similar topics and kind of areas, but just a little bit further down into Hernando. That's right, guys. Now, remember, we did record this on Friday as we had something going on for the holiday weekend. The teams will be playing this this Friday at night, the night we're recording, and we'll try to get you those scores on social media to let you know those updates. But other than that, guys, I think we're going to call it for this week. We hope you enjoyed the show. Hope you enjoyed those juicy topics, and we look forward to next week and hope there's some more good conversation to talk about. But until then, I'm Zach. And I'm Cash. We'll see you all in the next